right. It is Tuesday on Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand, Patrick Royce here a day later than usual, of course, because of the holiday. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Patrick, hope you had a good weekend. Um, hope you had a better weekend than the Twins. That was, yeah. not, uh, that was not great. What a bunch of disasters. And of course, it's all started because we get all excited when Royce Lewis shows up and uh, they put him in center field. And he uh, he now will, if he never goes back to center field, Mike, he will have the all-time record in Major League Baseball history of averaging one put out for inning for his career in center field. He had three put outs, but the last one, he looked like kind of a neophyte center fielder when he was uh, trying to get back to where the ball was going to go, he was kind of backing up rather than, you know, running hard. And uh, uh, then he was, you know, and then he started running hard and he bang, he banged the wall as hard as he could get. Everybody's comparing it to some Buxton bangs, but I don't know if I've ever seen Buxton hit the wall as hard as he did. And uh, you knew something. I made a, I was there and I made a $500 bet with myself that we were not going to see him again, even though he finished the, uh, finished the inning. And uh, he of course uh, did not come back. And it wasn't because of the usual Doc Rock caution either. I said, bone bruise on his surgically repaired right knee. I'm not so sure about the shoulder either, the left shoulder. I don't think we'll see him for a long time. I know they're trying to talk like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe a DL stint of 10 days, but uh, I that looks that look that looks longer to me. So uh, he's out of there. And then yesterday they're in Detroit and the first it's first reported I saw it on uh, MLB that uh, it was uh, that while Baldelli is not like to have scheduled days off for both uh, Buxton and Correa somehow because of the double header they decided that uh, that uh, they were going to uh, you know give them both yesterday off which was seemed incredibly stupid to me I went nuts but then we find out Correa was sick and uh, he's got COVID. So you don't, he was, he's vaccinated by the way. So he was going to play at Toronto. So you now have five players who uh, were not going to be able to go to Toronto. And then you got Correa and Lewis who can't go to Toronto because they're either got COVID or are injured. So it's going to be real interesting to see what they come up with. The only position player I hear that's uh, that at least at the point when I heard this Sunday before the game, uh, the only, Kepler was the only position player that was unvaccinated and could go to Toronto. But Miranda then had been sent down to the minors, and I don't know what Miranda's uh, vaccination status is. But sure. – uh, they're going to be missing uh, missing a whole bunch of players, and uh, they've been trying not to tell us who the non-vax guys are, which causes uh, people to come out and say, I saw one tweet this morning, Correa is an idiot, he should have been vaccinated. Well, he is. He just, you know, a lot of vaccinated people right. are getting, getting this. They're just not getting it as serious as other people, right. usually, in most cases. So, anyway, it looks like a real, and then they lose the ball game. Seven to five, they couldn't uh, stop them. And, uh, you know, Dylan Bundy battled his tail off. But uh, then the bullpen came in and gave it up, and they uh, lose to Detroit. And 
they got four more with them, including double header today. And then they go to Toronto and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, this is, uh, there's no way to pull out of this. I don't think, I think this starting, I think this pitching staff is going to go completely in the tank myself. And, uh, I, I think that this is going to be a team that, uh, going to have a hard time staying above 500 when push comes to shove. So I, I just don't think the pitching is going to get to the finish line. Sonny Brett gray, who was their best. Uh, he's hurt for the second time, probably heading for the uh, injured list for a, another 10 gate day stint and the rest of them. Yeah. Joe Ryan is, uh, he's got a DL and uh, he might be a non-vaxxer from my hearing. So, uh, uh, couldn't pitch in Toronto anyway. So yeah, it's going to be interesting here, Mike, to see what they come up with. How would you like to be Toby Gardner? He might end up up having players from Fort Myers on his team here. Seriously. It's over. Yeah. So just goes to show how fast things change, right? I mean, what the discussion 10 days, two weeks ago was, Oh, you got to keep Royce Lewis. Oh, you know, is Royce Lewis the future? Carlos Correa, you know, how long is he going to be here? And then it turns out uh, for a little while here, you get neither. Um, You don't get either one of them because, you know, obviously. And you get, you get Polanco, who's a very good second baseman back on shortstop where he's a very mediocre player. Then you get a rise to play second, which means you have to have Butcher Boy Miranda play first base. That guy is a hack in the field. I saw him playing third last year in St. Paul, and he wasn't very good over there. He has no idea what the hell he's doing at first base. He's terrible. And he lost the game yesterday by that stupid play that he, uh, you know, if he would have not tried to make. Did you see that throw? No, I missed it. Do you have T-ballers? Um, actually, my uh, my eight year old starts her first uh, softball today. Sir, first well, ever. She would have made a better throw to first base <laughs> after she backhanded the ball. He threw the ball like a little kid that went ha- halfway down the line. <laughs> oh, geez. It was just he's a, just a clutch, and he's he's swinging a bat a little better yesterday. It it looked like just even though he was only gone one day, it looked like he getting sent back to Myers at least made him say, you know, I got to start swinging at pitches when they're down the middle of the plate early in the count. So he looked like he's, you know, a little more aggressive at the plate, but he's a hack in the field. And, uh, uh, and, and I don't know what is, I don't know if he's a vaccinated player or not. So we'll find out, I guess, if he's in uh, Toronto over the weekend, but uh, if he's not, and let's see, uh, Kepler's not, I, I would, and, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not betting that Kirilov is, uh, is a vaccinated guy, uh, just because of some things I've heard. So I don't know who, I guess, I guess we're going to get to see a heavy dose of, uh, Contreras here the next few days, Mike. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad time to be in this situation because I mean, the Tigers aren't great. They could still pull out of this with a few more, what they got four left in Toronto or four left in Detroit because of this five game series. So they could still get a little bit well there, even with the diminished roster. But then, you know, we've been talking about how this schedule, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows, but after Detroit, you got Toronto, Toronto, Tampa, Toronto Yankees and Tampa for a whole bunch. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a tipping point of the season. If you make it through that somehow in, you know, if you go four and five in those games, you probably feel good about yourself, especially with how diminished the roster is going to be in Toronto, but man, that's, 
Yeah, you've been wondering how they're going to keep it going, and this is this is the this is the first big big test since they started playing well. Like they haven't been playing all that great lately, and now to to get this, and it's just I don't know. I think you're yeah. right. I think <clears throat> the pitching has been overachieving, but still the division's still not that good. So they might they might hang in there for the whole year and be semi competitive in the division. But yeah, it, it it could take a turn here real fast. You're right about it's that. It's early. I mean, they haven't played 50 games yet. I know. It's what 29 and 20. Yeah, 49 yeah. games. Yeah, they played 40. Today's their 50th game. By the way, this doubleheader was scheduled. It was on the schedule. When it came out last September, it was. It was not like added when they were trying to make up that week they missed. This was on the schedule for some reason. Why they would uh, be scheduling a five-game series, I, I have no idea. Or maybe they added the Thursday game or something. But this game was. Uh, uh, Mitch Hestead from the Viking PR was. I mean, Twins PR was telling me it was on the schedule in September. Huh. It's really weird because nobody puts doubleheaders on the schedule anymore. So no. I, I, maybe they only go to Detroit twice, and I, I don't know. Or Oh, no, I bet they have 10 games in Detroit. I, I don't know. I don't know why it was. But, I mean, and here's the other deal, Mike. Is Cole Sands the best you got in the minor leagues? This guy's not very good. He's mediocre as can be. At St. Paul, it's not like there's any pitcher in St. Paul that you say, boy, we got to get up here, get him up here uh, or anywhere in the system, really. The, uh, you know, they're just they're, they're running up guys from St. Paul who aren't very good pitchers. So, uh, you know, it's a it's a slap together bullpen right now. And having this guy start, he's I'd be shocked if he goes four. and guess what? Hmm. When they're playing Kansas City. And people are saying, ah, they're losing to Kansas City. I'll take the Kansas City lineup over these guys. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when you got some injuries going, they got a good lineup. And Detroit, you know, they're not, they thought they were going to be pretty good. And they're terrible. They've been terrible. They haven't been hitting. But they're not. I mean, they go out there against the Twins, the collection that the Twins had yesterday. They should beat them because they're better. The twins are, here's going to be, I've always said, look at what the odds are on uh, the, the, the day before the game. Yeah. yeah. You, the twins are going to be underdogs game after game going into this period now because. Of the yes. Pitch. Yep. So, you know, when you're an underdog, most of the time you get beat. So it's, it's like every other sport. Yeah. I, it's uh About the time we were going to find out how the public enthusiasm was when the Yankees come to town next week. uh, Well, we aren't really going to find it out because you're not going to get to see the, the real team for God knows how long here. So Buxton has to go back and play center field, you know, 80% of the time, if you're going to survive this. uh, Right. Uh, so I don't know. It's uh, it's bad. I had somebody say, "Boy, I hope Royce Lewis can be the next the the first great shortstop they've had in thirty years." Well, Guzman was pretty good, and they have a great shortstop right now. We yeah. all assume he's only here for one year, but Correa is a great shortstop. But not having him now for seven, it it takes what six seven days to clear this and. MLB COVID thing, right? Because I gotta, think so. Yeah, I think you gotta, so. You got to have two straight. You, first of all, you have to have no 
symptoms and right. then you have to have two straight positive tests so i, I mean negative tests so it takes the last time they missed a week. All of this said, man, Louis Arias is going to hit Kenny. Oh, man. What are you hitting, like 360 now? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, well, it, it was up to 371 a couple of days ago. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know if they got him out. But uh, yeah, that guy can hit. Man, alive. it was amazing. They were starting the season. He was only playing about half the time for a couple right. of weeks. We all kept saying, eh. He's not bad at first base yet either, comparatively right. speaking. If you're out <laughs> there, Miranda, yeah, it was a, it was a disaster, and it, it it's gonna it could turn into making it a long summer by the time they get out of this mess. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for twenty four seven gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms, and join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Okay, uh, all this intro reminds me of an email I got Sunday. I just pulled it up from uh, listener Brent says, Michael, next time you have Patrick Royce on your podcast, tell him these twins are better than he thinks. Some of the younger guys are hitting the ball. Pitching is better than we all thought. Patrick is just too negative. I think his favorite word is terrible. That you, when you said that, it made me remember this uh, email. You are more reasonable. Keep Royce in line. Ah. Well, first of all, nobody's going to keep Royce in line. Uh, Royce yes, is going to say what Royce says, but I, I don't know. I think the twins are okay. I'm still, I still, I still feel like we don't know yet how you know. I don't think we've, I don't think they've proven anything yet. I think they've been have a better than expected start in a in a bad division, but I think we'll learn what we need to learn in the next month. Still, Sanchez better than I thought. Uh, he's not much of a catcher, but he's he's better. He's still got some offense, and he's still got some hitting in him. I like Ursula. He's a really good player, better player than I thought. Uh, but uh, right now, the uh, outfield's a disaster when Buxton doesn't play, and uh, it's going to get worse. And we all were waiting for Rice Lowe's to be the savior, and he lasted three innings because he was playing a position he shouldn't be playing. So, uh, and this pitching staff, uh, who, who, you know, Bundy, that's the best use. That's 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 the real Bundy you got yesterday. He went for, what six innings, but he gave up four runs. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I like Ryan a lot. Bailey Ober hasn't looked that good since he came back. Uh, you know, Sonny Gray's broken down for the second time. They have no pitchers behind these guys. Uh, the Josh Winder getting shut down with a with a same kind of arm injury he had last year. That yeah, that's him. hard. That's, I mean, they, you know, Smelter's, but Smelter's been good, but that's Smelter's been good. But I look at Smelter now, even though Kansas City faced him twice and did okay, I looked at, at him as a guy who, when you're playing division teams and he, they keep getting to see him, if they keep, if they see him twice in a week, I think he's in trouble. But, uh, you know, he's never really pitched bad for them when they right. give him a chance. He just doesn't impress anybody. But, uh, you know, if he if he gives you five, if he gives you five and a third and gives up three runs, you think he had a pretty good day. So we'll find out. He's the best chance to win a game today. But uh, you know, Miranda first came up. He was terrible as a hitter. He's always going to be terrible in the field. They are uh, there's there's some inadequate fellas out there. That's for sure. So anyway, was it Brent? Or? Brent, yeah, Brent. Brent. Well, keep optimistic, Brent. If you can stay optimistic through this, you're something uh, that I will uh, 
I, you know, that, that I can't replicate. I'm, I'm, you know, I wrote a column the other day about their Sunday's column about the uh, lure of the June swoon, you know, the, uh, the, the, the lore of the June soon with the twins, which hasn't actually occurred as much as I thought it had. But in the sixties, we used to always talk about the June swoon if we were fatalists, because probably dating to the first year. But uh, the reason I wrote that was I strongly anticipate a June swoon. Yeah. I don't, I don't if I they're over 500 when the, they reach the all-star game, I'll be shocked. Wow. Well, they're nine games over right now, so that would take some uh, take some doing. But uh, yeah, like like we said, like we talked about that uh, bad time well, to be banged up right now. Well, it's a bad time to be unlucky, you know. And they're right now. It's just you know we were talking this spring about how everything that is happening for the White Sox was negative, and teams get vibes, you know. Teams yep. get vibes, and uh, you know Lance Lynn breaks down, blah blah blah. They had all this bad stuff happen to them. Well, teams have vibes, and right now the vibe on this team is disaster. So, there. Yeah. You are, um, let's say you're Tim Connolly, new yeah. Wolves president of basketball <laughs> operations, being introduced to the media today. I guess they wanted to wait till after the long weekend to get all of those, kind of that second wave of headlines that comes from the formal introduction he's like welcome to town tim now uh go make decisions on the two biggest things you can with you know the carl anthony town supermax and d'angelo russell if you were tim Connolly, what how do you sort this whole thing out because you're coming off a playoff season you're coming in with a track record where you have you know taken a a a team from you know kind of the ground level and built it built it up so you kind of know what that looks like um, you know, he comes into a pretty good situation, gets a lot of money, but there's some hard decisions to make and uh, a roster that yeah, you can't just stand still and expect to get better here. Even if, even with some relatively young players on this roster. All right. Let me say this. The silliest thing that I've heard, and maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong on it, God, uh, you know, help me. I'm an idiot. But the idea that they might give D'Angelo Russell, an extension is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why in God's name would you give him $30 million for three more years? No way. Death? Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. So why are we even discussing that, that he's due? You have to make a decision on, uh, you know, ex- extending him. No, you don't. You know what the decision is. You're not going to extend him. And you can have him ride out the contract and, you know, play for you this year if you can't make a good deal for him. But my number one thing is trying to get rid of him. And if you can trade an expiring contract, fine. Otherwise, you can keep the expiring contract and it helps your salary cap situation, right? Yeah. But you have to give the cat that the super max. You got no choice. And then you got to hope he after having his knees injected and his hip injected and his shoulder injected and everything else, uh, basically went to the, uh, what stem cell center and said, give me all you got. Uh, you know, you still have to pay him cause he's, you know, I mean, his, his 
as upset as you can get with him once in a while. And as no matter what Charles Barkley said, he's, he's your franchise and you got to keep him. So, I mean, Edwards is his co-star, but uh, you, you got to give him the super max and you got to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. That's uh, and you got to get a point guard in there. You got to get somebody who knows what he's doing. It's not, and it's not, can't be Jordan McLaughlin. No, and, can't be that. And, and I mean, he's a nice, what he does 60 minutes a game, but uh uh, and you have to get somebody who can rebound. You got to get somebody who can crazy. You can't be skinny. Jared. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt is, is a solid guy when you, you know, when he's walking down the street, but in the NBA, he can't be your number one rebounder. Cause he's, you know, he's, I know he's muscular, but he's thin and, you need somebody to crash the boards to help out cat on the board. So I, that's what I'm going to do. I got to get a guard. I got to get a guard and a rebounder and I got to get rid of uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Those are my, uh, those are my, those are my tasks. If I'm Tim Connolly, because D'Angelo Russell will, A, he's going to miss 15 games uh, just at D'Angelo's whim. And, you know, that's kind of the way the NBA is now. But B, you have to, uh, you know, you have to, you have to get cats some help, and you got to get a guard in here who's an actual guard. And uh, I don't know where the draft. They got a bunch of draft choices, but they don't have the first one until nineteen, right? Yeah, they got nine, they, <clears throat> they've got nineteen. Then I think I've got three second round picks this year. Maybe they can figure out a way to move up, but I, I don't want to be taking the dive and then giving up a number one again and no. do it whole deal. So. I don't know if you can move up or down. I, I what what are they saying about this draft? Is it uh, there's some there? You know this. You know what is amazing, Mike? There's a billion people in the world who play basketball, but it's amazing how fast the NBA draft runs out of players that you can get excited about. Yeah, there's about eight each year, and then you start. Then you start drafting eighteen year old Europeans that you've never heard of. You right. Know? You know, so it's uh, it's amazing how many non sure things are, and and when you go back and you look, like uh, I, uh, there's just a whole bunch of them that I, I was I was remembering to go to that draft. Which one was that? Moutier was going to be like, boy, this. Is oh yeah, They're moving up the draft, flying up the draft. That was a Connolly pick. Yeah. He's playing in Turkey or some damn right. place. Somebody, uh, somebody asked him about Moutier today. What happened there? <laughs> you know, you know, he was, he was, he was excited to get Moutier. Yeah. I never thought of that. And he's also, he also, you know, he's not perfect. He also gave a tremendous amount of money to who one of the porters, right? Michael uh, Porter Jr. Yeah. Five years. Um, yeah. I don't think it ended, it ended up being a super max, but five for one seventy two for a guy who has only played 125 career games. Yeah, yeah, and that hasn't worked out great so no, far. No, he missed almost all this last year. Uh, but he did, you know, the, to judge him this year, they, you know, they didn't have Jamal Murray. He, he was right. smart. He took Jamal Murray and, uh, after we did him the favor of taking uh, – Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn, yeah. Oh, God, oh, my. That's not good. That was my guy, Tibbs. Yeah. Chris, he, he liked those hard, tough guys. Defense, Chris Dunn, yeah. Kogi and, you yep. know. What a – Boy, did, did anybody ever get phased out more than a Kogi? He didn't play at all this year. They gave no, up he on, didn't. He up on him completely. He'll probably end up with Tibbs, won't he? He'll be Tibbs' ninth man or something next yeah. year. Yeah. Tibbs always goes and gets his guys again. 
Yeah. Well, you you talked about it. It'd be great to figure out a way to get Brunson, but I uh, probably yeah. go to New York and play for his dad and Tibbs, right? So. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it, this roster is just interesting, and the yeah, I think you're right, Cat. You got to swallow and just do it. But man, four years, two hundred eleven million dollars. This is just, it's oh man, it's like that's just ludicrous well, so money. You got two choices though. You can start all over. And, I know. Yeah. I know. I'll move cat and uh, you know start all over for the twenty third time. I know. So I know it's I, not it's not a choice. It's just a it's just an absurd amount of money. Yes, it is. Well, you know, I mean, you find out what these. Here's the trouble: the NBA is making so much money through TV that the right. salary cap keeps going up, but the roster doesn't. Right. <laughs> I mean, they have they got fifteen players, I guess, but you know. Seven of them are meaningless. They're down at the end of the bench. So there's seven or eight players divvying up this incredible amount of money on each team. So they just, I mean, a $13 million extension for Pat Bev, for God's sakes. How's that guy make $13 million? I'm more offended. I'm more offended at him making $13 million than I am Cat making two eleven. dollars No, come on. Nuts. He's insane. He's nuts. He's he's gonna turn out to be the biggest pain in the ass they've had. He's not. Yeah. He's, he, he plays defense, but just shut up and play. God Almighty, what a fraud! Sometimes these guys uh, on the second year too, like it was. Yeah. You get that first year and everything's great, like the Sam Cassell, Lestrell Sprewell. You know, they mm-hmm. come in, everything's great, veteran leadership. Then the second year, the wheels kind of come off. I am a little leery of that happening with Pat Bev, although I think he's got a little bit more game left in him than that, than those guys did. Terrible offensively, you know. He's he's okay, good. You know, he's great defensively. He gives you something, but he's even when he's guarding somebody, he makes the guy so mad that he can't <laughs> wait to get revenge on him. <laughs> That's you know, true. he thinks it's intimidating job rant by doing all this idiotic stuff. I, I don't know. I can't stand the guy. But, you know, I'll give him that he did change their defensive ethic. And yes. I think he had a good influence on Edwards defensively. Edwards started guarding people more than he had in the past. But uh, I don't know where they are. I mean, you look at the West. It ain't going to – they're not a cinch to – being uh you know they'll be fighting to be in the playoffs again you know yeah i mean they didn't fight to be in the playoffs last year they were in the playoffs all year long but 46 did they win 46 right? 46 yeah that's what they won this year uh, people keep by the way keep stopping stop telling me they won twice as many as they did the year before they played 10 more games right. okay yes. so uh, yeah we got we gotta throw they put that asterisk in there but uh I'd be very shocked if they got back to 46, no matter what they do. Yeah. It just, it does feel like the kind of like, even though it wasn't, it was a very good year, not a great year. It does feel like a lot of things went their way last year, both in terms of health and the West being kind of down. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating off season. It's, it's interesting that they've got um, Connolly in here now. He's he did a lot of good things in Denver. Drafted Jokic, obviously, with the 41st pick in 2014, I believe. By the way, there's a there's a Serbian named Nikola Jovic um, that'll be drafted right around the time the Wolves draft this year. Uh, that would be it. What's big that? Guy. Yeah, big, big guy, six six eleven. Yeah. Okay, let's get him in here. I like those. You know, if he's half as good as Jokic, I'll. Uh, 
Of course, the trouble is it takes him a little while. I mean, like Dirk Nowitzki was going to be the greatest bust in the history of the NBA, and then he turned out to be a superstar. So uh, you got to wait a little longer for the Europeans to some degree. Let me say something about our old friend Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Ungodly in game six, 47 points, did everything. Wouldn't let him lose in Boston. But yesterday, I'm watching the end of the game. They're going to have a shot to win the game. And I'm saying to my TV, don't let Butler take the shot. He's going to miss it. Yep. Because we see that. This team, this idea that your superstar has to take the shot is drives me nuts in the NBA because somehow you're demeaning. Somehow Jimmy Butler would be unhappy if Tyler Hero took that shot and made it. That's right. what the mentality is of the coaches. I mean, that guy was phenomenal, but how the, the 60 some games he played that season, you know, they lost, they had a lousy record, the 20, he didn't play, but there were five that they let him take the last shot. He threw a rock just like Garnett used to. You used to always have to have Garnett take the last shot and he banged the front of the rim every time. The NBA is so stupid. Let your, you know, let you let them all run to your superstars. They'll let him dribble around for five seconds and then take up a bad shot. It drives me nuts because, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler is a fantastic player, but he's not the world's greatest three point shooter. No, no, he's what not. What do you let him take a three for? Let Tyler Hero take the three or Duncan Robinson take the three. Right. The real shooter. I was uh, hoping Miami uh, made it to get to the finals, but it'll be good final Boston and the Golden yeah. State. Boston. Boston's weird. These NBA playoffs, I mean, we had finally had a close game with the Miami comeback. They have been really weird. They've had some decent series, but the games themselves have been blowouts. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, that's weird. I mean, it's very weird. Some, some team wins by 25 and then they, then they go home and get beat by 25. It's, it's uh, just very strange. Like I tweeted the other day, the playoffs peaked with Wolves versus Memphis. That was probably the best series we had. Yeah, it was. It was. If you're, especially if you like disaster. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's that. Yeah, if they, you have a penchant for disaster. They choked away four games. And, uh, you know, they choked away four games. One of them twice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yes. Was, right. I count that one twice, and then uh, so. I don't know. It is. I, it, it, I think there's more discussion going on the, about the wolves though than there has been. Oh long. yeah, that's good. You know, it's it's there's you know, we like the coach and uh, we're going to be excited. And, and the new GM is going to win the press conference today. The all going to win the press conference. It's very hard to lose the press conference. Tibbs, he kind of lost the press conference, and then uh, you know who, who's the last? Oh, Chili's the all-time loser of the press box. Oh, yeah that chili was actually a pretty good guy who put himself in that outhouse that first year and never never escaped from it with the fans because he came off as uh, such a dork the first uh, the first press conference he had but uh well beyond that we have very kind views of the press by press and and that's a big thing now can you win the uh, press conference i don't care if this guy's comes off as a babbling idiot if he it appears he knows what he's doing so that'll be good 
I also like that he's my age. He's mid forties. I'm tired of these uh, whippersnappers coming in here and making me look bad. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, we do have all the uh, young geniuses. Uh, the uh, young geniuses uh, with the twins are, you know, that there's an asterisk next to that label here for right now. So quotation we'll, marks around it sometimes. Yeah, we'll see it. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, you're right. It should be good finals. I'm I'm looking forward to it because you know, yeah, Golden State. What a what, what an interesting story. story. I mean, just you know they go in the tank for a couple of years with all those, with all their guys hurt. And then you're like, are they, you know, how good are these guys going to be once they get healthy? You know, it's just mileage it's years old. on them. I mean, yeah. Plays in his thirties. The same uh, core. This is the same plays, core that went to the finals like five, six in, years ago. Raymond's in his thirties and he's six foot six. Garden yeah. six. You know, well, so Curry was drafted in 2009. I mean, we're still, we're still not over it, but that was 13 years ago. I mean, he's got to be, yeah. what is he? Mid thirties now? Yeah, he is. Yeah, it is. You know, it's uh, it it's in, it it is a pretty amazing thing because they're still doing it without a center, basically. Yeah. You know? Kevin Looney's their best big man. He's six foot eight, I think. So it's uh, it is a weird, uh, but uh, you know, and Curry doesn't Curry does not carry him as much as he used to either. He's I mean, he right. he'll have games, but he isn't as fantastic as he was. Hell, the best he ever was was. Uh, was it last year? He was just incredible, uh, but they didn't do him any good. So yeah, or two years ago, maybe the COVID year. I, I remember I saw him playing some games. Maybe before the COVID shutdown, he was just playing like a maniac. So anyway, should be fun. That'll should... be fun. Yeah. Hockey, uh, hockey's uh, been uh, fun too. And uh, how about those Rangers, man? Yeah, they were they were down three one, right? What's it? No, no, they didn't win the last three. They were down big, though, weren't they? Mm, I feel like that series went back and forth. That series, I think the home team had won every game. So I think they were down 3-2, and then they won game six, and then they took game seven in Carolina. They, uh, uh, they, uh, they end up with the home mice advantage if there isn't such a thing in the NHL anymore, though. They ended up with the same number of points as the Lightning. They had one more win, and maybe it was head-to-head during the season. I don't know why, but I was surprised to see the Rangers and the home team. But, boy, I think they've had two seven-game series. You have you have these two seven-game grinds. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay's been sitting down there at the beach for a week since right. they left Florida. So, uh, go get them Wednesday night in the garden, boys, because the lightning are mean. So, uh, you know, the Rangers are up against it now. They got this kid. They got the kid from Wyzetta. Uh, on their second team defense, remember the the kid that I think he played at Wisconsin, uh, Keandra Miller, okay. or what you know that had the racist. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I tried to do a piece on him back then, and his mom did not want to participate. But his uh, Rick Helling, the old pitcher, yeah, lives out in Wyzetta, has been kind of his mentor. I think he's oh. a sing- single parent father, and H- Helling ran into the family at a, some kind of a function and uh, he became a real, real close to the real huh. close. He lives out there and became real close to the family. I'm going to try to slap that together again. If I can get, uh, you know, the, the, the kid didn't want to talk back then when that sure. whole happened and the mom didn't want to get in on it either. So it was hard to get into, but uh, yeah, he's, I think he ended up playing out in, in, uh, at that thing in Ann Arbor more than he played at Wyzetta High School. Okay. But, but anyway, he's a 
he's a he's a good story. He's on their second defensive pair and plays all the time. So huh. lots to look forward to, Patrick. Um, we'll do this again next Monday. Mentioned- it's June tomorrow. Man, the summer's here. Let's get it. Yep. You mentioned in your notes, Jeff Glandy. Oh board. yeah, that's right. Jeez, what a what a tra- sad tragedy. Got di- yep. died in a car crash on Saturday. Was it early Saturday in the Dallas kind of Texas area? Yeah, but I mean, just I don't know the way the uh, uh, I mean, the guy ended up with the domestic abuse, uh, yes, assault felony charge. The Vikings let him go, dropped him, and then he ended up getting acquitted. Uh, you know whether that you know what that whatever that meant and phoenix had signed him and uh and i he ended up getting killed in a car crash i don't know what the circumstances were but uh the way the youth of america is driving these days post-pandemic as you drive through the lowry tunnel oh man yeah there's, there's a lot of risks being taken and uh especially if they have really fast nice vehicles so uh I don't know what happened here, but, uh, yeah, there's been a couple, three of these lately too. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, anyway, sad. I saw that this weekend. I was like, man, I would, yeah. Just hadn't, yeah, I hadn't really thought of the name in six months, probably since the NFL season. It's like, what? Wow. Yeah. So, and congratulations to the low, to the twin cities media here. We haven't given the, uh, we're, we're, we're getting one story a day slipping into the, uh, paper on the vikings uh whatever the hell they are or the the uh voluntary stuff. organized but, team activities oh yeah we we, we we kind of backed off on the ota so that's a good idea because none of it means anything at this time of year so even with a new collection so yeah congratulations to all of us for tv and everybody else for kind of ignoring it so anyway <laughs> we're running a three four defense now though patrick it's uh it's gonna be totally different all right and all right uh, sir we'll he, see you Heath has three weeks to try to figure out how he can get more than one goal a game. Yes. They're, Mike, 14 games, 15 goals. That's not hell? it. Can't do it. They lost fire to Heath. They I lost to fire Heath because he should be playing the uh, five, three, two more than he's playing the four, four, one or whatever the hell it is. So. Well, they lost to Union Omaha, the third division <laughs> team in the yeah. Open Cup the other day. That's yes, uh... yeah, that was very dramatic. But as I pointed out on Twitter, they are averaging more goals per game than the Aurora. So that's uh, good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All, <laughs> Love right. It. All right, sir. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.